Good evening. Thanks for being here tonight. Good to have you. We thank Heidi for our special music this evening. Also, if you didn't go to lunch or dinner, think about it next week. Lunch next week. Chopped Greek salad with chicken kebabs, pita bread, lemon rice soup. And then dinner is chicken parmesan, scallop potato salad rolls and dessert. So give it a thought. And we continue our study sermon series on the red letters of Christ. We rise for opening hymns. make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. We invite the children up. Good evening, everybody. How are you guys today? Well, I'm going to tell you a story because today in church, we're going to talk about being or being at peace. And this story is about a movie. I'm sure you may have not seen it. It was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And Indiana Jones, he's a hero and he carries a whip and wears his cool hat. And he's rescuing his father from the mean Germans in a castle. And the castle starts, starts fire. And Indiana Jones runs up these stairs, and he's running this way trying to get out of the fire. And he's running over here to get out of the fire. And he's running back, and he's just running all over the place. 
Meanwhile, his dad's like, Junior, sometimes I find when you just sit down and think, the problem will solve itself. And he sits in a chair, and he leans back, and the chair was connected to a mechanism, and it lowered these stairs, and they were able to escape, and it was happily ever after. But that's what we're going to talk about today, is sometimes doing doesn't get you anywhere. Have you heard the expression, running around like a chicken with your head cut off? Some, yeah, just like that. Sometimes that's what it is. You're doing, but you're not getting anywhere. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You're going to get a little button that has a peace symbol on it because we didn't know what the symbol for being actually looked like. So you're going to get a peace symbol, lower level. I want to thank you for coming up, and you may head to the lower level. We didn't plan that. <laughs> We join together in our responsive reading. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. But Jesus immediately said to them, Peace I leave with you. I do not give to you as the world gives. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. They were terrified and asked each other, Jesus, We rise for our sermon hymn.
Our scripture reading this evening is from Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here ends our scripture reading. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Well, as we enter our second week of Lent, well, at least I thought it was our second week. I was told yesterday that this is the first week of Lent. So I was trying to figure out, well, wait, we had Ash Wednesday, and today one plus one is two. Well, apparently that's not the case, and when I was at Our Shepherd this morning delivered the message, I told the kids, apparently Lutherans do math, one plus one is one. So the next time you get your questions wrong on your math test, just tell them I used Lutheran math. <laughs> anyway, when I was putting this sermon together, I was struggling for an introduction. And a suggestion came across that, you know, start out with a story about something that you didn't finish or something that you could be better at. Well, I thought, and I thought, and I thought, and believe you me, it wasn't because I couldn't think of anything. We'd be here all night if I went through everything I couldn't finish or could be better at. But I thought I'd ask Beth, Honey, what do you think I could be better at? <laughs> husband! No, she did not say husband, although I certainly could be a better husband. She said, you know, you could be a little more tidy. And that is true. If any of you have been down in my office... You will know that. In fact, I had a member, he was at Christmas, he saw me in the town square, he said, hey, I dropped something off in your office, and then I hustled out of there as quick as I can because I didn't want anyone to think I was the one who ransacked it. So yes, I have a problem with being tidy and organized. And it's not that I don't try. I really do try, but I just seem to fail at it. And it does disappoint me. And it sort of makes me feel like a quitter. But then I came across this statistic from John Afcuth's book titled Finished. 92% of people don't finish their goals or the resolutions they made. 92%. Well, then I thought, hey, I'm in a pretty good crowd with that 92%. But actually, it's very disappointing that we can't finish what we started. So today, not only are we going to talk about how to start, but we're going to talk about how to finish well. Because what I mean by that, most Christians start strong, but then we fizzle. And after everything Jesus has done for us, he lived a perfect life, he died an excruciating death on the cross, and was resurrected from the dead to absolve us of our sins, we want to be the very best representation of him that we can be. And that's not out of obligation, but because we are so compelled from his grace. Do we represent Christ the best we can? I like to think so. But unfortunately, if you ask a non-Christian to describe a follower of Jesus, I'm afraid that most of us would be very disappointed and surprised at the answers they provided. And perhaps the issue is that we don't quite have the clarity on what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And this is when we go back 
to the red letters of Jesus in the Bible. And we're going to identify five main themes. Tonight is being, next week is forgiving, serving, generosity, and going. And each week we're going to talk about one of those themes. Now tonight, being we're starting out with because being is the foundation for everything. It's the rock and it's where all those other themes flow from. Jesus is going to ask a lot from us. But you have to remember, Jesus is not inviting us into a religion. It's not like you're, we're Lutherans, okay, I went to worship, check, that off the box. I gave an offering, check, that's off the box. I went to choir practice, check, that's off the box. <clears throat> Excuse me, that is not what he's doing. Jesus is inviting us to be in a relationship with him. And as I've said in the past, he is inviting us into a relationship. We can't invite Jesus into a relationship with us, <coughs> excuse me, because eventually we will find that we have squeezed him out of that relationship. So it has to be the other way around. Jesus has invited us into a relationship. <coughs> excuse me. Now, what will we need to accomplish this? We can all start strong on our own strength. We know that. But finishing strong on our own strength, that's not where we are very successful. The answer is not to rely on your own strength to finish, but God's strength. And that happens with our first target in being. I came across a great analogy for this. In sports, when you're running a race or a race car or a horse race or any sort of race usually, you're focused on the finish line. That's your goal. You want to win the race by getting to the finish line. But there's a sport that's just the opposite. If you've ever seen rowing or crewing, where's the rowers? Their back is to the finish line. They cannot see the finish line. They don't know where that finish line is. They don't know how close they are to it. But there's a man sitting in the back of the boat who does see the finish line, and he's focused on the finish line. Where are the rowers? They're focused on him. To win that race. And that's much like our relationship with God should be. We should look to Christ and trust in him and he will lead us and guide us and equip us. We hear in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2, therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So when we run our race, we should run it with our eyes on Jesus. Other ways Jesus would give his disciples encouragement, John 8, 31, abide in my word. Matthew 9, 38, pray earnestly. Luke 4, 8, worship the God, worship the Lord your God. And Mark 2, 27, the Sabbath was made, was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And all of those ideas are organized around the theme of being, being with him. Now, there are some people who are better at being than doing. The whole idea of sitting and meditating on God's word is great and they love it but they don't actually do anything and I'll give you an example if I asked my daughter to clean her room 
And I go in an hour later, and the room has not been touched. And I'm like, sweetie, what did you do? Well, I thought about cleaning my room, and I meditated on cleaning my room, and I decided that a clean room probably is a good thing, and it would probably help me be more organized, and I probably would get to school sooner, and that's all great, but it didn't get clean. <laughs> Martin Luther had a saying, something to the effect that the more I have to do, the more I have to pray. And I think that puts this whole tension of doing and being in the right context. Now on the other side of that coin is the doers, just like Indiana Jones down there. And a poll was taken and 90% of people would rather be doers than be being. And I think you can understand that because, you know, just being to some it seems unproductive, it might even seem boring, whereas when you're a doer, you see what you've done. You know, if you're fixing something, you see it's been fixed, you see the progress you've made, and it's what, why people want to be doing. But you've got to take time out of your busy lives to spend with Jesus. And that requires a level of faith and trust that sometimes we may not have. And it could be a trust problem. And we have to ask ourselves, if we can't trust him in the calm of his presence, will we ever be able to trust him in the pursuit of his purpose? And this is where we have to strike that balance. Because if we don't spend time being with him, then our doing will not be as productive. And there's a great example from scripture in Luke 10, the story of Mary and Martha, Luke 10:39. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teachings. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is unnecessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. You see that tension there between Mary, who's being at the feet of Jesus, and Martha, who's running around troubled and anxious. You must spend time resting in God and learning from him. It's a bit like taking a 20-minute power nap. There's a quite a bit of scientific evidence that, say, people who take a 20-minute nap are revitalized, refreshed, and actually more productive. And even scripture encourages this in Psalm 40:10, Be still and know that I am God. It's okay just to meditate on God's word. In fact, it is encouraged. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, I've got a doing problem. I'm not loving enough. I'm too judgmental. I'm not generous enough. And I am going to fix it. I am going to will myself to be a better person. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? But what was missing from that? We heard I, 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 I. We never heard God. God does not want you to will yourself to be better. He wants you to have a relationship with him, come closer to him to be better. Now, I think if we asked, we would all say we want to be more like Jesus. But do our actions match our words? If you want to be more like Jesus, 
then you got to hang out more with Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with having another hobby or some activity like that, but be warned, good things can become bad things when they become God, little g, things. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, my schedule is just too busy. i got to pick up the kids. i got to pick up the dry cleaning. I just don't have time for this. And I can relate to that. But then I saw a statistic that put me in my place, for sure. Average number of hours people watching TV or screen time, four hours a day. They're on their phones two hours a day. That's six hours of time that you could be with Jesus. So the question is not, you don't have the time. The question is, what are you prioritizing? Jesus or all that other stuff? And I'm guilty of it too. I'll come home from, tonight I'll come home from a long day. I'll turn that TV on. I will put my feet up. I probably won't even be watching what's on TV, but it's just, you're, it's a natural reaction. I say, think of Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Right there in scripture, it tells us how to find our relief. Okay, how do we prioritize Jesus? I'm going to be honest, some of these answers seem very obvious, but sometimes it's good to point out the obvious. First thing, go to church and prioritize going to church. Don't schedule church around your other events. You schedule those other events around church. And I know that's tough with kids and sports and other activities, but really that's the first step by prioritizing church. Second thing you can do, read the Bible. And if you haven't read the Bible or you're concerned it's too intimidating, don't read it from the beginning to the end. I actually had a professor tell me that. He's like, don't start at Genesis and try to read it through to the end. He said that you're not going to succeed. He said, pick a small chapter, Jonah or James, that you can read in 15 or 20 minutes and then build on that to develop those skills. And when you've read it once, read it again because scripture continually reveals things that you didn't see before. Another thing you can do is pray or talk to Jesus. That's what I like to say. And if you're new to prayer, you don't need some super long, eloquent, just take a minute and have a little conversation or pray for something and build on that. Go to two minutes or three minutes or whatever you're comfortable with. The last one, and I found this to be very interesting, listen to worship music. And I can tell you from my perspective, this has been a great way for being with Jesus. At Christmas, we found the message on Sirius XM, which is a Christian station. And now every morning when I drive into church or wherever I'm going, I listen to that. And that is my time being. I listen to the words. I listen to what they say. It's surprising just how much you can get out of that Christian music while you're in your car or, you know, just sitting around. I'd like to give you, I'd give some time this week and ask yourself, am I being with Jesus? Am I doing with Jesus? Does one seem to favor one over the other? Am I truly imitating Christ or am I just talking about it? Is Christ really my priority? Think about what we talked about today. And if some of those answers maybe leave you a little uncomfortable, because sometimes they make me a little uncomfortable, then just go back to those suggestions. Pray or read the Bible. Because we have finished troubling, we know it's going to be a challenge, but guess what? God finishes our races for us 
no matter what. Amen. Now may the peace of mind which surpasses all human understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. One thing I did forget to mention is in the back of your bulletin, there's maybe five or six questions. Take it a little bit deeper. Take your bulletin home. Take a look at them. Um, see what you think on that. So, amen again and thank you.
We rise for prayer. Heavenly Father, in this season of Lent, we give you thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, for all he did, serving us and taking away our sin. We ask that you help us do better at being with Jesus and doing for Jesus. We ask all of this as we have been taught to pray. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant to you his peace. Mm-hmm.